hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. Well, I hope you've had a fantastic week. Hope you've kicked a few goals. Hope you've taken the little leap of faith and backed yourself for anything that you want to do. I hope these podcasts are inspiring you to believe in yourself because seriously, you've got so much amazingness in there. And I really, really, really want you to just back yourself and give it a crack because the world needs people lighting up and you guys have got what it takes Anyway, enough of that because I always go on about it. You know I do. But this week I'm speaking to the amazing Michelle Redfern. Wow, she's a crack. I tell you what, she's great. Michelle is the founder of Advancing Women, an enterprise which provides research and advisory services on equality, inclusion and gender diversity. She's also the founder of the Women's Network, Women Who Get It, and the co-founder of the social enterprise CDW, which is Culturally Diverse Workforce. And she's a co-host of A Career That Soars. I tell you, her determination is fierce, as is her commitment and contribution to achieving global gender equality in her lifetime. And she's particularly focused on the leadership gender gap in the sporting industry. Michelle is also the chair of Speckle Financial Health and a member of the Wayfinder Steering Committee and has an extensive history of board memberships. She's an ambassador for Honour a Woman, Respect Victoria and Flexible Working Day. Her 30-year corporate life has seen her in a number of executive leadership roles and she has a ton of high-profile entrepreneurial influence awards in the areas of gender equality and women in sport. And she holds an enviable portfolio of accreditations in diversity and coaching. She's also a panel judge for the Vic Sports Awards and she's been a long-time Telstra Business Women's Award judge. Wow. I can hardly get all this out. There's just so much. To be frank, I've got to say, guys, I've got no idea where she finds the time or energy. I would be buggered if I was doing all that stuff. How are you going, Michelle? (laughs) Good, thanks, Karen. (laughs) And uh, it's always interesting when you hear your bio read out, you think, oh, bloody hell, maybe I should feel tired. But the reality is there's, um, you know, not everything happens all at once, but everything that I do is about, you know, to coin the phrase, getting off the bench and having an impact where I want to have it. So, yeah, and I have been on the earth a fair while. So there's a bit of, there's a bit of life packed in there as well. <laughs> well, yeah, but still, it's you're still doing some amazing stuff. and You are the epitome of get off the bench. It's like, wow, my God, you know, and, and yeah, as you say, you know, you've been on here on the earth a long while too. And I tell you, there's a lot of people who do let age stop them. I'm not saying you're old, but you know, people do um, tend to say, oh, look, I'm over 50. You know, nobody will want me. I'm not worth it. You know, I don't have much to offer. And what a crock, what a load of crock. I agree. Crock I, yeah, I, call, I call BS on that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, 
you're never too old to learn. You're never too old to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the only thing, so my dad's got this, my dad's got heaps of saying, because I'm starting to sound more like him as I get older. Yeah, me but, too. You know, he says, you know, Michelle, he goes, Mitch, when it comes to footy, he said, the only thing that's standing in the way of all of those kids when they run over the white line is what's between their ears. And he's it's right, true. it's your mindset. Um, if you've got the mindset to say, hey, I can learn learn new stuff, do new stuff, or do, or even just do different stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, you know, people look for this, you know, what is it, the fountain of youth? And yeah. I think the fountain of youth is being active and involved and feeling fulfilled. Um, yeah. And, you know, that that's what I do is not for everyone, and that's okay. But it's, I think it's about finding what, what are you keen on what 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 are you committed to mm. um what are you interested in and and do it yeah and like you say what you do is not for everyone but you know I've got this big philosophy that you everybody's got a jigsaw piece and you should put your piece in you know and live it fully because that's what makes the web of life you know that's what brings life yep. uh, you know to fruition like everybody everything wakes up when everybody does their bit I used to I used to be about saving the world you know it took me a lot of years until I realized I just couldn't do that and once I realized that if I just took my piece you know I can make mm. a big difference and if we all take our piece we can make a difference yep. but speaking oh, of and, and I and I'm sorry and just, no, sorry don't. to interrupt but I I absolutely agree um and you know people go well what can I do they shrug their shoulders what can I do if every person and I always say in Australia there are roughly 15 to 16 um billion adults right yep. so if we have a oh, billion million um if we have um every one of those adults do one kind, inclusive thing just once a month. Mm. Imagine, you know, multiply that. There's about 180 million acts of kindness a year. Yeah. And wow. you go, okay, so that's – and if you just think about it, so the one thing, just do one thing that has impact for another human once a month. If every adult in Australia did that, we would have a very, very different society. So that's the impact that, that I that every one of us can have. Oh. Um, and it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be saving the whales. You don't have to be, you know, protesting around logging. You don't have to be doing what I do, but you can make someone else's life just that bit nicer um, for, for five or 10 minutes or half an hour, once a month. Yeah. It's pretty easy. Imagine the energy, you know, just just be amazing. Yep. But you're saying once a month, but in actual fact, like, and that's that's being conservative, seriously. It you sure know, you is. can <laughs> do something every single day, even smiling at people. You you know, yep. you don't know if you smile at that one person who just needed it to pick themselves up to then go make another difference for somebody else. It, it's such an easy. Well, I, thing. I I live in the the Melbourne CBD, and I do. I, I walk. I walk miles. I'm down in Torquay at the moment, but I walk miles, and uh, and I am. I do randomly smile at people. So there is. I reckon there's this. People go. There's this random, weird, tall, blonde woman who just grins at you. She's, you know, what a weirdo. But I think, oh well, I've, I've made you think, and I've made you laugh. <laughs> no, that's right. And who cares what they think? You know, the point is absolutely. That, and sometimes I think that you know, sometimes we don't do things because we worry about what the other person will think. But I, th what the other person will think of you. But I think mm. it doesn't matter it's about your intention you know it's about the intentions yep. you put into the world so most um, anyway we could go on about random acts of kindness for bloody hours because it's such we a could. good topic but we better talk about you like that's an okay. interesting topic too isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, it depends <laughs> <laughs> well let's start let's start with your uh the gender equality so tell us about the journey that led you to yep. becoming such a fierce advocate um for gender equality 
Um, yeah, so I, in hindsight, which is always very educational and, and not altogether <laughs> useful, but in hindsight, it's been going on my entire life. So I grew up in regional WA and uh, was very, very fortunate to be uh, born uh, to two parents who were who were pretty cool. I didn't think it at the time, but um, they were. Um, and they were very, very inclusive and very determined. I've got two younger sisters and you know, mum and dad were war babies or just, you know, post-war babies. And they were in uh, also in regional towns. And, and they were um, two people who were um, left school at 14 because they had to contribute to the family. Wow. So when my sisters and I came along, um, Mum and Dad were extremely clear that um, they wanted us to have a better life than they did, or they wanted us to have more opportunities um, than, than they did, and they worked very, very hard to make that happen. And as a result, um, I didn't really understand that boys and girls couldn't do anything different, mm. and really until I entered the workforce. Um, so I've been, and my mum, fierce feminist, my nana, my nana, my amazing nana who's in heaven now, but fierce feminist. Um, I've got two very, very strong aunties. So I grew up with very strong female role models and really didn't um, have any impression that women couldn't do anything, as I said, until I joined the workforce. And probably when I went down to the big smoke, Perth, and started to realise that um, perhaps my ideas, because I thought I'm going to work and I'm going to have a career and all that. And it was, I kept getting asked when I was going to get married and oh. um, you know, how many babies I wanted and things like that. And whilst I did want that, I just thought, but that's only a mm. part of who I am. And But I want a career and I want to do stuff. So my whole life I've been in that mindset anyway. However, I, fast forward about frankly, about 25 years, and here I am in my 40s in corporate Australia and looking around going, and I'm on boards and I'm going, what, why am I still the only woman here or one of the few women in executive roles or board roles and particularly in, in the sporting industry, um, although I, sport is, is, you know, wasn't my employer, but, um, and I went, this sucks. Uh, and, you know, who's going to do, they should do something. And then I realised <laughs> there's no they. Uh, there is no Messiah coming and if there was something going to be done, I needed to do it myself um, and I needed to have that impact. So, and all my life as well, Karen, I'd had this nagging feeling, you know, oh, it sounds a bit um, egotistical, you're meant to be doing something, Michelle Redfern, You've, you're, you're destined for something in this world. I wonder what it is and, and I knew it wasn't going to be a rock star, just unlike you, I cannot play a note, cannot sing a note, uh, despite the fact that I, you know, Want to. Oh, I'd love to. I was yeah. born to be a bloody lead singer of a rock band. Yeah. Anyway, uh, still given, time. given, well, no, no, mate. There's, there's, there's one thing that stands in my way, and it is a sheer lack of talent. So, <laughs> I figured I'd better put all that energy into something where I could actually be good. Um, but, but seriously, I was, uh, you know, why, why am I doing what I'm doing? Because I was so frustrated. Yeah. And I really, and I looked at the women coming after me and younger women, and, and I've got nieces and I've got a daughter, and, and I went, oh, righto, so who's going to make the pathway glassy smooth for them? Because I don't want them to have to have the same journey that I did. I don't want women to have to have to be paid less, thought of less, be respected less, valued less. And I went, all right, so this is what I'm meant to be doing. And about the, there was kind of a few events that happened over the course of my late 40s including doing an MBA which was 
one of the best decisions I ever made for a whole bunch of reasons, not least of which was learning some stuff and, and learning that I was probably a bit smarter than I'd given myself credit for. But mm. um, part of that was working out also that I was hugely entrepreneurial and innovative, which I'd never thought I was, yeah. and that the thing that I was meant to do was to work for women and girls mm. and create systemic change. So wow. I kind of went, all right. And my, my lovely wife and I had uh, a bit of a discussion <laughs> and uh, planned over the course of 12 months about how I was going to exit my, and I had a very successful career, you know, and yep. I was, uh, you know, an executive and good pay and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, coming up to the age of 50, I went, all right, I'll throw all that in and you know, go out and work for myself. Mad decision, but it wasn't because <laughs> it was... Um, we planned for it and, and basically that's, that's you know, where I've ended up. Um, yeah. And, you know, how I started out and what I'm doing now has evolved um, reasonably significantly um, because, you know, as you would know, when you start working for yourself or doing stuff, mm. uh, you work out the bits that you're good at, the bits that perhaps you're not as good at, but also where you need to have impact. And I, I just became more and more determined uh, that I needed to help organisations, particularly organisational leaders right at the top, uh, to think more deeply and more broadly about equity and inclusion yep. um, and think, um, and in fact not think, I wanted them to do. And you all get off the bench and my mantra is get shit done. Yep. So I just said enough, enough, stop talking, stop creating strategies and policies and start getting stuff done yep. that creates equal, inclusive environments and workplaces where women feel like they belong and can mm. add value so that's mm. me wow that's awesome and it's uh, fits right with your tagline well of course you've made your tagline to fit you you know moving mm -hmm. diversity from conversation to action which is so yep. good because there is so much you're right there's so much talking bloody twaddle about gender equality you know but there's you're mm -hmm. right it's taking the action is where people are, are falling down so what you're doing is bloody fantastic. Yeah. And the things that the, the things that I've learned over, not just since I've had the business, but also prior to that, because I got really involved. I, I was working at the National Australia Bank before I exited into my own business. And, you know, whilst that was a very interesting place to work, and that's a whole other conversation, <laughs> but um, I also had the, uh, it was very male-dominated. There's, there's a lot about banking that's very, yep. very broken, as we know. But but one of the great things about working in that organisation was that there was a very, very strong uh, focus on uh, inclusion, uh, women and disability. And, and one of the game changers for me was becoming much more involved and, and also having a boss who was pretty significant uh, in helping me shape my thinking around this, getting myself very, very involved in the at the system level, creating um, inclusive environments there. So I had my day job, but I got more and more involved uh, mm. in that stuff there. And, and one of the things I learned from that and subsequently was that we can look at statistics and I think that there's probably a little bit of weariness around how many statistics are out there about how mm. poor, poorly represented or underrepresented women are. Yep. But there's there are a lot of leaders, particularly once you get up to the top of the tree, you know, they're busy and they've got big businesses to run. They've got a lot in their play. And suddenly, oh, God, I've got to do diversity as well. And they actually don't know how. And there's a little bit about ego here because you know we, we know that uh certainly the closer to the top 
people get, um, the less likely they are to admit that they don't know it all. In yeah. fact, when we know that they don't. Yeah. Um, and what I wanted to do was dispel the myth that you must know it all and for me to be able to help those leaders, as I said, not only just think more broadly and deeply, but show them how and really build capability and capacity in their workplaces to keep delivering. Um, and that's what was, for me, that was what the missing link was um, and the unmet need across, well, across the globe, but certainly uh, in Australia, there was a, not a lot of show me how. Don't mm. tell me about the stats, but show me how to do this in my organisation, in my workplace. So that's what I do. And that's really, really big too, because I've been having a lot of discussions about my call out for get off the bench, you know, and, and quite a few people have been saying to me, but how? And I'm like, yeah, well, that's mm. what I teach you. But, um, you know, it's, it's people are, they sort of step back from a, a call to action if there's not instructions, do you know? But Absolutely. It's, um, yeah, that's yep. it's really, yeah. it's good. And your culturally diverse workforce, um, mm -hmm. that, did you start that? Um, because of like did the gender inequality uh, bring about that or was it did they just sort of naturally fit well I, I'm kind of a yeah I'm so I am the I'm the tag along in that so my co-founders um, Vic Pillay and Div Pillay who are um, so they have uh, their core business which is called Mantras which is around really building um, cultural capability to grow businesses. Yeah. Um, so Div and I met um, some years ago and, you know, when you meet a kindred spirit, you just know. Yeah. Um, they had the idea to say we started off as, as culturally diverse women um, because if you take an intersectional focus on gender equality, there's a lot of focus on potentially just white women being elevated yeah. and yeah. what we know is, well, we, we know that, less than 2% of leaders in Australia are female culturally or women who identify as culturally diverse, so mm. or women of colour. So Vic and Div approached me to say, listen, we've got the cultural competency stuff, you've got the gender stuff, we need to join forces um, mm. to really um, make an impact. So um, we, we started that because there's cultural competency and cultural diversity and cultural inclusion is still a very very tricky subject in mm. Australia and it's still hard and but it just it dovetailed beautifully into my purpose yeah. and the stuff that I do so yeah and it's part of that suite of um solutions that that that, that I provide my clients and um you know it's interesting because people will look at me going hmm you're a very tall white woman. What is it that you know about culturally diverse <laughs> people? And I go, well, here's the thing. I'm an ally. Yeah. I don't identify as culturally diverse because I'm not. I'm Anglo-Celtic. Um, but I do understand exclusion. You know, I'm a I'm a gay woman, um, and I and I <laughs> and I'm a woman. So mm -hmm. I, I definitely understand exclusion and and being held back and the barriers that that uh, that underrepresented groups face. Yeah. But I also have I have a pretty strong empathy gene, and I, I respect Div and Vic enormously. Um, and, you know, I just said, this is how allies work. We team up with the folks with the lived experience and say, right, what do I do to use my privilege and my power and my influence to smooth the way? So that's that's mm. how it works. Um, yeah. And again, I just, you know, I look and I think, oh, why should anyone's gender, cultural heritage, their, um, their sexual identity, their ability or disability be a reason for not being able to 
reached their full potential. It shouldn't be, but it no, is. And, I, and that's, I agree. That's the stuff. So yeah, yeah, and it's it's you know as a white woman, I was just um you know doing an interview with Jess Matthews, who will be on the podcast, and she's um a black woman from Michigan, and we were talking about um you know empathising like with with whoever you know like um minorities. It doesn't matter. In mm-hmm. her case, we're talking about um you know the black community, but and it's it's kind of like there's a sense of guilt you know for a white person who has privilege because you know it's not our fault we haven't sort of we haven't caused this like personally do you know what I mean and we're trying to be allies but we'll never live it you know we will never live that life and so we don't truly understand how it feels but I I guess the more allies that are on board do you you know the and and as you say being white if you do have influence you 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 can open doors you know for for conversations and stuff and and I I think that's where we have to um you know be clear about uh yes we might have some guilt you know that that we can't change but we do have um platforms and if we can use those platforms to help other people then that's we're doing the best we can you know with what we've got so and, and some of doing the best you can is to become aware of your privilege yeah. um, or our privilege. And the and, and I have some very animated discussions at times about privilege. And I'm saying I, I don't I don't throw the word privilege around as a weapon. Mm. Um, I, I say this is something for us to be aware of. I am privileged because and, and it's about unearned. So there's stuff that I yeah I've worked hard and I've done a whole bunch of stuff. But there's just stuff that that um, I've got that I have not created for myself. Yep. And one of those things is I was born into a white middle-class family, yep. um, quite simply. And, and that in itself um, puts me a whole bunch of of rows ahead of a whole bunch of other people. Yep. So, you know, I, 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 don't, I want to empathise with those people and say, all right then, so what can I do yep. um, that can put out the hand um, or throw out the net and bring some other people forward who yeah. haven't got the benefits that I've that I've got in an unearned capacity. So, mm. you know, one of the things I really want to help people understand um, in a really inclusive way, not a I, I don't want to harangue people or lecture people because you know my nanny yeah. used to say, Michelle, catch more bees with honey than you do. Yeah, with yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, how do we help people have really good discussions in a sounds a bit wanky but in a safe environment um, where they can say I I don't understand I don't understand what privilege means I don't understand why as a middle-aged white guy people don't you know people think I'm the problem Um, and I want I actually want to provide particularly men I want to provide them that opportunity to think out loud and then help them think as I said, more deeply and more broadly about mm. what they've got that others haven't. So, yep. and that is a challenge, um, and, and it means I have to adjust my style and my approach. And you know, despite the fact sometimes I really have to bite my tongue, mm. and because I feel like, oh God, really, why don't you get this? But yep. you know, the reality <laughs> is I'm immersed in what I do every single day, so I'm an expert. Um, yeah. It would be the same as me walking into NASA and going. I don't know anything about rocket ships. Um, <laughs> someone's going to need to, and I'll need to admit that I don't know things about rocket ships and please don't put me in one to fly to the moon because I will crash and burn and probably take out a whole bunch of humanity <laughs> with me. So it's the same thing. I, I want people to feel um, okay and, and courageous and vulnerable enough to say, I don't get this, can you help me? Yeah. And that's it, you know. Yeah. Oh, I think you're doing an amazing 
amazing work. When you're talking about male dominated, let's go to let's just move our little needle over to sport. Yep. And uh, that has long been a male-dominated field, and particularly AFL, and I know you're incredibly in love with Williamstown Football Club, and, you know, speaking about, um, you know, women sort of stepping forward and and making waves, I mean, you've got the amazing Penny Cooler-Reed there now, you know, who was yes. one of the, um, well, you know, the main player in, in going to court to get uh, females to be able to play sport. She's a good friend of mine mm. too. She's just a, a beautiful Beautiful. She's a champ, you know. So it must yep. be it must be great that you've got her over there from Collingwood. But you know, what sort of things? Um, what sort of things are you seeing in sport that you're able to change? Maybe. Yeah. Well, let me um, uh, let me bring everyone up to date. So I no longer sit on the board um, of Williamstown, even though I still absolutely adore Williamstown. Yeah. Uh, so I stepped down from that board last year uh, to focus on a couple of other things. Yeah. Um, and and you know and have a have you know some a little bit of time out of footy and then then I want to make a tilt at an AFL board because my goal is to become the AFL commissioner so <laughs> good um, on just, you uh, you know not to be uh too well I have got lofty ambitions because I want to change oh, well, the games so yeah, good um so what I'm observing and and I do I, I do research um around women in sport but non-athlete women so i look at the the administration and leadership side and, and you okay. know women are very very underrepresented oh. um and you know we look at the if we look at the asx uh 200 and we think geez that's woeful well sport's worse you know we have less than well nine percent female ceos in sport across australia wow. you know, so 91 percent of sporting organizations uh, are headed up by a bloke Eighty-six mm. percent um, of sports boards are headed up are chaired by a man. Seventy-six uh, percent of sports boards and seventy-six percent of sports executives are men, uh, and they are predominantly white men. Um, so you know there, there's um, you know, and this is not a man bashing exercise. This is about saying mm. if we want sport to be sustainable and it and serving all communities. We cannot have one homogenous group as representative of all of those communities. Yep. And it just, it does not make business sense. It does not make um, moral sense. Um, it, it, it just doesn't. Mm. So what am I seeing? I'm seeing gradual shifts. And look, I think Victoria is really well positioned um, and I'll, I'll to, to change the game quite literally because of the change our game uh, initiative. Uh, so Dr. Bridie O'Donnell, who heads up the Office for Women's Sport and Recreation uh, in Australia, uh, sorry, in Victoria, mind you, the only uh, appointed role in Australia for women's sport uh, out of government. Uh, we are, you know, she has put some systemic, um, system-wide changes in place. Lisa Hasker, um, over the CEO of Vic Sport, um, has also, you know, we, we've got these really strong women in uh, starting to look at, you know, how do we make sport more inclusive? And part of that is by saying, how do we look at the composition of our sports boards? How do we look at the composition of the, the people in paid um, employment in sports to be more representative of the Australian community? Because, mm. you know, if we talk about footy, for example, one of the examples I give is, you know, let let me let me look at your the composition of your membership list and and your sponsorship list. Mm. 
and let's see how who's represented in those lists and they Mm. will be the the membership list will be male dominated always Mm. um there are some uh, some afl clubs are are at 50 50 which is great um but i just say well okay now let's look at who is the most powerful consumer in australia right now and people go well who is that and i go have a guess who it might be what the avatar of that person is. The um, the most powerful consumer in Australia is a 42-year-old woman of Indian heritage. Wow. Now, she is upwardly mobile. She has enormous buying and decision-making power and influence for the family budget. Um, now, tell me how the AFL, the NRL, Rugby Australia, tell me how any of the sporting codes are trying to attract that very powerful consumer to become either a member, a paid supporter, or a corporate supporter. Mm. And I normally get met with, really? Really? And I go, that's, that's really. So how, I, how, in terms of your sporting club, your association, your industry, how can a group of, a homogenous group of people, and look, it could be, you know, too many women's as bad as too many men. Yeah, that's and too right, many yeah. white women's as bad as too many white men. Yeah. Um, so how how are you as an organization expanding your thinking to attract that kind of person and that kind of diversity? Because that's gonna give you your financial um, sustainability. That's gonna mm. give you your membership, all that kind of stuff. So the, these are the so I'm the queen of the annoying questions. That's what I do. I ask <laughs> annoying questions of people. So there you go. Oh, I love it. I love it. I kind of went off on a tangent there, Karen. But no, anyway. no, no, that's fine. But I like the I like the bit too about um, that it's not. Yeah, I agree with everything you've said. It's, it's terrific stuff. I, I particularly am focused on the bit about it's not about man bashing. And I think that mm. you know we like you know I've I run girls with hammers and it which is not about yes. woodwork it's about women's empowerment and it's and you know we're we're very quick to make sure people know that we're not about man bashing and running around hitting head men on the head with hammers you know it's it's mm. because if if we strongly believe that um, men have to be at the table, you know, and it has to be an equal conversation, you know, and you, yeah. you have to be side by side. Otherwise, it's not going to work. You're just alienating people, you know, and it's... Um... The truth is that when you look at the statistics, um, if, if men hold power, which they do, it's not an if, they actually have to be part of the solution, yeah, they do. which means we have to engage them um, because... You know, one of the other things I say is the burden of inclusion should not be placed on the excluded. Yeah, that's right. So if I'm on the outside looking in, I need to be invited in by those who are inside. And those who are inside need to understand that there are people on the outside looking in who kind of think they want to come in. Mm. They're not entirely sure, but gee whiz, it'll be a great place if they come in. Yeah. You know, and so that men have to be part of the solution, but we... And my second research paper showed this, that men need a space to tune in to this, but a space where they can tune in in a way that they can air their concerns. Mm. Um, And some of it's around what am I going to lose as a result of gender equality, which plays to the the old myth and trope that, you know, this is a zero-sum game. Of course it is Mm. not. Um, What have we got to gain? And what can men gain? And, you know, for me... The things that men can gain with gender equality, because gender equality is not a woman's issue. Uh, men can gain <laughs> uh, 
basically being released from toxic the toxic masculinity jail, mm. um, being able to be released from the ridiculousness that is, you know, what being a real man. You know, what does a real man mean? It means that they can have opportunity to do life differently than perhaps their parents and their grandparents yeah. did and be much more fulfilled because they're not trapped in this very narrow stereotype that, that you know, a really rigid stereotype that just limits men so much. Yeah. So there's a lot to be talked about. Yeah, it's a big topic, isn't it? Really big topic. Sure is. And um, you are the ambassador for Honour a Woman and that is, you know, to... Well, my understanding is that it uh, it gets people to nominate other women to be uh, to for the OAM awards, if if I'm correct. Yes. Yep. And yep. yes, and and and, I, and how did you come become an ambassador for that? Uh, one of the founders, Ruth McGowan, is a friend of mine. It seems we've got a lot of um two two degrees uh, of separation, yes. haven't we? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Well, R- well, Ruth is a mate of mine as well, and uh, and we met through one of my women. Well, we we met through women who get it through a mutual uh, member of that group, and she said, "Oh, I think you two should yeah. meet." And the first time we had a conversation, we went, "Oh, hello." Yeah. <laughs> and um and then we were part of so Dr. Kirsten Ferguson had the the massive movement on Twitter a couple of years ago called Celebrating yeah. Women, uh, and she wanted to reduce denigration of women online, and Ruth and I both were featured in that along with um, 363 other women Um, and we met face to face for the first time at an event celebrating women event in Melbourne and yeah just went okay so we need to do some stuff together and around the same time of course Ruth Carol um, Ruth and Carol were forming uh, on the honor a woman Mm. movement and Ruth said do you want to be involved yes um, and then she said, will you be an ambassador? I said, oh, my oath I will. And um, so essentially what we know um, is that the there is a very gendered focus on honours and awards. So, yes, um, Australian honours uh, is has been male-dominated since their inception. Yeah. And we know that um, th- there are uh, many reasons, but uh, one of the very big drivers for it is there are simply not enough women being nominated. Yeah, yeah. So if there are fewer women than men being nominated of course the likelihood of, of women being uh, awarded is is lower yeah yep so we started um and they started the movement and it was really about um you know advocating um lobbying um and putting systemic change in to the point where department of premier and cabinet here in victoria um have a a nominations officer now they have that their, their their division as part of dpnc is called recognition matters um and uh we have well stacy's on maternity leave or parental leave at the moment but yeah basically what they're doing is is using us and a whole bunch of other people uh, myself sorry and a whole bunch of other people um to put the word out to say get nominating really please do Think about great women, um, fill out the form, find the referees and get them nominated because we need to see women nominated, not for the anything other than it's it's the right thing to do and there are so many unsung heroes who are women out mm. there um, that, yeah, that they need to be nominated. So I'm a very passionate uh, supporter and very, um, well, be as vocal, I'm trying to be as vocal as I can about yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's... 
That was a very garbly explanation. But no, no. I haven't done them justice. <laughs> no, no, I, oh, I agree dear. with you. Though. No, I think it's wonderful. It's And it's so good that you're so actively supporting all these other groups and it's just, it's great. What's the number one thing that you think holds women back from advancing or from, you know, stepping up or taking a risk or putting themselves out there or putting in for a promotion, believing they can, any of that stuff? What do you think? Oh, geez, that's a big question. Yeah, um, sorry. You know, I, I I did give you a very trite. No, it actually isn't a trite answer. It's the true answer by email the other day. The, we we live in a patriarchal society, and there are things around. And and when I say the patriarchy, this is not men. This is a system that holds women back. Yeah. And for for many women, um, they are conditioned from birth to occupy a certain role in life, mm. and so. That conditioning, as well as the conditioning of men and other people, non-binary people, tell women consciously and subconsciously of what they, how they need to occupy the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that is really how. You know, sure, there are people like you and me who want to bust out of rigid roles and um, you know, uh, you know, do stuff. But but for for many women, they simply don't realise that. They are as good as they yeah. are. They don't necessarily realise that they have skills and attributes that are really welcome. But what they also don't realise is that right now the system is stacked against yeah. them. And because we, we, we value a whole bunch of things that need to be broadened and deepened, mm. um, particularly around leadership. So, look, I can't give you a one answer no. because it is... It is a really complex matter, but I, I will say that when I when people say to me, "What do you do?" Right, I don't read them that biography, by the way, because they'd be, you know, <laughs> "Gosh, she's boring." Give me. Oh, I had drink. to. Jeez. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but uh, and I thank you for it. But um, I just say, here's what I do, um, and and you can draw your own conclusions about what holds women back. I do two things. I fix the system that puts barriers in the way from women and other underrepresented groups reaching their full potential, yeah. particularly in the workplace. Yeah. And then the other thing I do is I help women navigate that system. Mm. So I give them the tools to navigate a system that's not yet fixed, a system that's not yet designed to be inclusive of all people. Yeah. So, and those tools... Uh, from a business perspective, are often um, around, you know, the business of the business, how to run a business, mm. business strategic and financial acumen, yep. um, how to use the language of leadership, the language of power, um, how to be comfortable with using that language as mm. well. And I'm very, very careful. I don't want to fix women because they don't no. need to be fixed. No. The system does. But I do need to give um, a map. You know, yep. I need to be a GPS. Yep. And that's so. So that's as I said, it's a long answer to a short question, um, Karen. But it's a complex mm. question, and it's got it's it's the it's the definition, pure definition of a wicked problem. Yep, yep. It is a big uh, complex thing. I just had to throw it in there, do you know, because it's uh, of course yeah. You did. <laughs> and and I and I think we've um I think you've answered what fills your cup. You know, you're talking about this with so much passion, and it, you know, I love that. I just love that people come to life when they talk about what they do. But what gets you up on the hard days? Those because we all have them. We we're talking about it before. Yep. We're all human, and uh, yep, there are days. 
I uh, and, and you know, people say to me, "God, you've got resilience," and I do. I, I think I am a pretty resilient person, but my goodness, I can have my doona days. And <laughs> and, and I've got to say, um, during um, after the murder of George Floyd in the U.S., I was I, I had a couple of really really dark days, and because I was very distressed with what was going on with the U.S., but I was more distressed that Australia was asleep, yeah. largely asleep, to the issues that have been going on for 200 years here with our own Aboriginal yeah, yeah. people. And I, and I was really, I, you know, I found it really tough because I thought I just, I'm not an Aboriginal person. I would never, ever position myself as an expert in in um, Aboriginal culture and what have you. But for goodness sake, people, wake mm. up. And But I felt so tired, Karen. I felt... God, you know, why? Why mm. <laughs> can some? Why do we have to keep yeah. agitating and educating and advocating? So, but what gets me out of bed? I can tell you a couple of things. Um, always my wife. She is the yin to my yang. Um, she is. She is just uh, has made has completed me. Yeah. You know, we we have a relationship, a twenty year long relationship, that is based on obviously love, but fundamentally respect yeah. and we have very very different viewpoints although we are very aligned in many many yeah. things so we have quite robust discussion <laughs> that That's stuff awesome. um but she is she's a very you know i am i am highly emotive you might not have guessed i got it, it. Yeah, of course i got have. it yeah. i am highly emotive um and she is very very practical yeah um, so we make a good foil for each yeah. other and she will be the one and, and look and she and I I really have I have ups and downs around you know anxiety and depression and have done since I was a kid yeah. so she's very good at tuning in to what I need and even and she'll even when I don't want to hear it she'll tell me what I need <laughs> so she's she's a great um, she's a person who gets me out of bed but I also I, I know the strategies that I need to invoke and I've got I've got what I call a happy list and I keep it on the notes in my phone and it's just stuff that makes me happy yeah and it's one of my strategies I think right need to go to the happy list I need to do one thing off my happy list today and it could be as simple as ringing my mate Div and you know and I did have a lot of chats with Div because she's a woman of color and I, I just I wanted to support her during that time but I, I will do something off my happy list and it can be as simple as what I'm doing Every day here, walking up the beach on my own for you know an hour or back. It could be just sitting with my cat. It could be putting on my favourite '80s music, best era ever, <laughs> and rocking on out. Um, you know, I, I go to my happy list and and really try to do stuff off that. And you know, the other thing is I actually tune out. I know I've got to tune out from time to time, mm. and. Um, just kind of give myself some space to be me and not saving the world, yeah. um, which sounds a bit arrogant. No, but, no, no, you know, no. I, I, it doesn't. Every day I, I try to do stuff that makes the world a better place and then some days I go, you know what, I need to do stuff today that makes me a better person or gives me some space or just, you know, I might stay in bed all day and watch Netflix and mm. fiddle around on Instagram and just be a, you know, actually just tune out. Mm. So. Yeah, but, but what gets me out of bed is I just have this burning, burning desire to make, to leave the world better than when I yeah, joined I it. Yeah, I agree. It's, and I don't know, it's, 
That's it. No, I agree. I, <laughs> that's that's it. the same thing that I have. And it's just, you know, it's even when you don't feel like it, you do. But it's good that you pointed out um, that we need time for ourselves. And, and I think that when we... Yep. Particularly, people like us, we're in we're in service minded, you know, roles, and mm. we constantly feel this responsibility to get up every day and to to do our thing, which is which is great. Mm. But there are days when we've got to recharge, and and one of the risks yeah. of being like we are is that you know you 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 always there to answer the call, and some days you just need to turn the phone off, and I don't mean phone literally, yeah. the universe phone, the world phone, life phone, absolutely, and and just um take a break, and it's you know it's it's funny I've I've been very very fortunate, and I've never ever suffered depression or anxiety, and it's and I the more I the older I get, the more I realise how extremely fortunate you know you know I am and have been, but um it's only just now that I've decided and I'm 57 and I just now I've decided to do a, a like a program that is you know 9 to 11 mm-hmm. every morning um four days a week for the next god knows six weeks or something just on me do you know to take out 9 to 11 every single freaking day uh weekday for yep. x weeks to uh, you know to truly discover me and to um really work out what matters to me the most, you know, because I haven't haven't sat down long enough to to truly do that exercise. Well, I have, but not in such a long, prolonged period, you know, and really immerse yeah. in me. And I'm really looking forward to it because I know I'll come out the other side with a stack more energy that I can put into the world. Yes. You know, and it's um, but we do. People like us tend not to put ourselves first, and we we do do need to get better at that. Yeah, we do. We do. And I've got to say, um, one of the things I did, so during the first sort of five or six weeks of, of um, the COVID lockdown, I did do it pretty tough. We were talking about it offline mm. that I was actually quite crook and I got tested for COVID and everything. I had a really bad chest infection and I've got, I'm, I'm asthmatic. So, you mm. know, and I was actually really anxious and agitated mm. um, about COVID. Um, and plus my work really dropped away. Yeah. And I was just, I was in a fairly... Um, not critical state, but I was in a really, I was in a funk, mm, would be fair to yeah. say I was in a funk. But you know one of the things that I did? I listened to your campfire songs. Oh. They were, I just, they were so uplifting. And I'm not blowing smoke up your, your trousers because I don't do that. But, um, no, but they I don't were mind just if you so do, cool. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just, uh, it was so cool. And then one of the other things, you know, and you do nice things because I was over in Germany and, um, and I log on to my Instagram and there's this awesome message from you. <laughs> you know, you'd sent me a message to say, hey, I want to stop and say hello. You do good stuff. And I went, that is so cool. That is just, and you know, it just made me feel so warm and fuzzy. And, you know, when we talk about acts of random acts of kindness, that was a random act of kindness, both your personal message to me, yeah. um, as well as you doing the campfire songs. And, uh, and, you, and, you, and you did a Bob Seger for me, which was really <laughs> cool. But um, yeah, it was just, you know, those, those are the things that, yeah, I agree. Tune into yourself. Um, and I, I've got to say, having um, having uh, mental health challenges or having anxiety and depression my entire life pretty much, it actually, I, I really don't see it as a, um, it doesn't hold me back. It actually makes me who I am, mm. but it's made me acutely self-aware. Yeah. So I'm really good now at tuning into where I am on the mood spectrum and I've got really good tools to help me manage mm. it. And and, and I think that helps me bring a lot to what I do with people because 
at the end of the day, everything I do is working with, with humans yeah. um, and trying to really create um, awareness about it's just so fulfilling to be a good human. It, it is. It really is. And look, yeah. don't get me wrong, I can be an asshole too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, hello. But, uh, you know, it, it's, yeah, there's there's just a lot. So I, I think you'll, you know, I know that you'll get a lot out of just tuning into you for a few mm. weeks. It's so fulfilling. And it's and for women who are going, oh, I feel a bit selfish, please, you know, what's the old thing? Put your own oxygen mask on yeah. first. Because if you're stuffed, everyone else around you is stuffed as yeah, well. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Oh, well, I could talk to you for hours. I know you've got work to do, so I won't. But, <laughs> but you know, um, let's, we'll, we'll start to close off soon. Um, now, this bench, this, uh, this bench, this uh, podcast is about get off the bench. And, you know, I'm, what I'm trying yep. to inspire people to do is, is um, back themselves and give things a go. And I like to have guests on. Well, of course, my guests are getting off the bench or have got off the bench or are doing things. And so to prove that it is actually possible, what advice would you mm-hmm. give? And maybe we'll just go down the, oh, no, it doesn't matter whether it's women or not, but what advice would you give to um, anybody just to back themselves and go after that thing they want to achieve? Yeah. Um, so there's, I'll give an example of um, how you back yourself. Um, you know, most, many of us, have some kind of secret dream. Yep. Many of us have got something, think, oh, geez, I wish I could do that. Now, mine was to be the lead singer of the Rolling Stones, <laughs> but we've already talked about that. That is unlikely, highly unlikely to happen. But, but still possible. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> but my you know, my aspiration is to be the, um, the chief commissioner of the AFL. Yep. Now, I held that to myself for a long, long time. Oh, Rhonda knew, my darling wife, but then I, I must have mentioned it to someone they said, well, how did we not know about that? And I said, because I haven't told anyone. And I said, for goodness sake, Michelle, tell people what you want because, mm. you know, most people are so generous that they want to help you or at least admire yeah. you for what you want. Yeah. So my advice is figure out what you want and then tell someone about it because yeah. really people want to help people who are clear clear about what they want. You know, it's very hard to resist an engaged, passionate person with a very clear direction I agree. so work out what it is that you want and then tell someone and whether it's you know like i've got a friend who says i want to build a house for my family i'm going cool so how's that going to happen and we talk about mm. it and i've got another friend who you know put it this way we've got and they tell you if when they tell you what they really 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 want um or if you tell people what you really 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 want guess what it starts to yep. happen and because subconsciously and then consciously, all of your activities become aligned yes. to or grounded in that aspiration. Yep. So figure out what it is and then tell someone. Yep. And by crikey, you, I just, it's as simple as that. So I could talk about all sorts of, you know, mind maps and blah, 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 blah. But that's it. Work out what you want. No, I agree. 100%. And it's, it's, a, it's um, you know, decide what you want. And once you've made that decision and start talking about it, the universe, call it whatever you want, your conscious mind, your unconscious, yep. I don't care, whoever, it, it, it all starts, you're exactly right, it all starts to align and conspires to make Absolutely. it happen. It's like when you're going to buy a new car and I think I'll buy a Mitsubishi Triton. Well, then suddenly you see them everywhere. <laughs> you, you see know, them. It's, all it is is, yes. all it is, is is bringing your awareness into alignment with what you want. And it's, Absolutely. It's just, Absolutely. Uh, but it is tough. You know, people go, I don't know what my goals are. Yeah. Well, forget about 
about a goal, just think about, you know, even if you want to think about what's the life do I want to be living yeah. in five years' time? Yeah. What money do I want to be earning? Where do I want to be living? Yeah. Um, how do I want to occupy my days? Or another one I just say to people, have a think about the best day you've ever had. Yep. And how and how you might do more of that. Mm. What would it take? Yep. Um, and what made it the best day ever? Yep. Or what makes a really good day at work? Or what makes a really good day on the weekend? Because that's the stuff that you love. And when you when you love something, you tend to be good at it because you're doing more of it. Yep. Hello. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So that, that's my advice. Figure out what you want and then tell someone about yep. it. Love it. Love it. Oh, well, where can we find you? Where can people find you? There's a whole list here. I'm looking at a big stack, but you tell us what you'd like people to know. Well, I I am very, very active on social media across the platform. So LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Um, my website is quite simply michelleredfern.com. And I will put it this way. As I say, I'm, an, I'm Australian based and globally focused. Mm. So... There you go. You can you can find me in the pretty much anywhere you want to find me. Oh, that, that's wonderful. Well, geez, I've really, really loved having you on here. Loved chatting with you about all this stuff. And it's a, it's definitely a minefield. It's, you know, it's a very complex situation. But if we're, if somebody's not tackling it, you know, and not dragging other people along with them, it's never going to change. Mm. It is changing, but it's, um, in my opinion, a little too, a little too slowly, but at least we're moving forward. And, you know, we're just got to see that as a good thing and what you're doing is uh is just amazing stuff and it's it's not rocket science like you say but it's got to be done and it's got to be done by people who are prepared to you know open the door and you talked about privilege before and you know being a few rows ahead and it's it's just great you know that it's it's about having a positive spin on that and saying well I am a few rows ahead so I'm going to open the door yeah you know and, and let the people behind me in do you know that sort of stuff so absolutely I think um I think you're doing amazing stuff. Thanks, Karen, and and, and back at you. You know, you've um, you're you are seriously uh, inspirational. I just I so enjoy seeing your stuff. So um, and and thanks for for you know carving out the space for me to have a, a chat today. And um, you know, I I appreciate that because you are a woman who lifts other women. And you know what they say, a rising tide lifts all boats. And you are a rising tide, my friend. Oh, thank you. God, I like hearing that stuff. <laughs> Especially while we're all insular at the moment. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, 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 that's one reason. You know, I love having the podcast because um, nobody tells me what I can do and who I can have, and you know, it, it, um, it's lovely. I can make sure that there's space, you know, for people doing amazing awesome. things. So. It's it's really really good. So, well, thank you so much. Will you, you go and enjoy the rest of your day at uh, down by the beachside down there? I'm I am somewhat jealous, but I'll I'll keep that. <laughs> oh, I can't keep it to myself now. I've just shared it with the world. But <laughs> but <laughs> have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend and everything else. The, the enjoy it. Will do. Thanks, Karen. Great to have been on. Yeah. Thanks so much. See ya. Oh wow, guys. Seriously, what a champ. This is what we really need. You know, we need people to step into, like Michelle said, you know, I found who I am. I found my place and and she's really rocking it. And you know what? There's going to be something in you that is your special place, that sweet spot that really, really impacts the world. And, and it's not just about impacting the world. It's about if you find that sweet spot in you, you feel fantastic. You know, we, we go to work nine to five. We go on this bloody treadmill, this bloody rat race, you know, trying to 
to satisfy other people and living for other people's dreams, well, we've got our own dreams, you know, and if we just unlock them, you know, you're in such a better place. And like Michelle said, and I 100% agree with it, tell people because most people want to want to support you. I know there are critical bastards out there who just, you know, tear people down. But you know what? Don't hang around with them. Hang around with the people that lift you and seriously share your message, share what you want to do. And you can do it. Oh, you can do it. And I really want to see so many lights turn on and the sparkles in the world and what a better place we'd be living in. So anyway, catch up with Michelle. Go and follow her on Instagram and Facebook, LinkedIn. So it's Michelle Redfern, just spelt exactly how you think. And John, check out our website, michelleredfern.com. And if you are a manager or a business business manager, leader, whatever, and you think that you need some diversity discussion in your workplace, please contact her because like you hear, she's doing it from a great platform. She's not in there man bashing. She's not in there saying women are better and, you know, this whole big girl, girl agenda. She's just doing it in such a way that is fair and open and just really, really empathetic conversation. So please check her out. Anyway, guys, enough from me. Um, Have a great week. Go do your thing. And thank you so much for tuning in and I'll catch you next week. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.